welcome, 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 welcome to the What's Next podcast with Dave and Blair. Blair, this has been a rough seven days. Well, if you don't like three swift kicks to the groin of the Stars getting ousted from the Stanley Cup playoffs, A&M falling flat on their face to Alabama, and then the Cleveland Browns coming into your stadium and just making a mockery of your defense. This was supposed to be the month that was so awesome. We had playoff hockey. We had football starting. We had beer. We had food. We had everything. And then, no. Yeah. And then today, Ryan Stroop, the creator of our intro, texts me and says, Blair, I hope you're sitting down. Eddie Van Halen has died. So we had to alter our previous podcast ideas and just give us a good tribute because we lost a good one today. Yes, we did. In the year of our Lord, 1955, made it a strong 65 years. Who knew three packs of cigarettes a day would get you? <laughs> right. Did 55, 1955 shock you? It shocked the it, hell it, out of me. It was quite me. shocking. I, I thought he was a little closer to us, but who knew? Yeah. I tell you, when you first told me, that um, we should uh, scrap plans and do a tribute. We both thought of this song. It's like the soundtrack to seventh grade. (laughs) I'm at Chad Wright's and uh, Russell Willerton's all over again, my friend. Sitting out in the backyard in a camper listening to Van Halen 1984. It was so, so great. We finally had rock and roll. They, it wasn't Cindy Lauper. It wasn't, it was rock and roll. Right. I got to tell you, Van Halen kept showing up in different places in my life. My brother went to go see him at the Texas Jam in 1986, came back with just stories galore and they held a magical place in my in my early childhood at least up until they they broke up right there was two there was two van halens and we'll get into that later but you said the first time they touched you was back before we had mtv in town yeah we were watching friday night videos i was on a ski trip with uh, the church yep and one thing led to another we were not prepared in the abilene bus for sub-zero temperatures the west texas econoline van was not prepared for sub temperatures yeah so we had someone get frostbite the gasoline in the church van turned to uh, i'm guessing slush and we had to spend the night in the uh, ballroom of a uh, hotel in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And when we landed back in Abilene, to the cheers of the people in the flight, I rushed home for Friday night videos to see the premiere of Michael Jackson's Thriller, or at least the premiere to me. And this song came on, and Van Halen was at its zenith point. That's right. It came on after David Letterman. So we're talking 1135 on NBC. Yeah. And I was like, who's this Letterman guy? I kind of like him, though. That's how I was introduced to him. Letterman was my golden, golden god. I I worshipped everything he did. 
But yeah, so as we talk about Van Halen, they were definitely a little bit before our time, but they stretched into our early childhood. Of course, we went to college with a guy named Mike Roach who worshipped them in the Van Hagar years when we had kind of given up on them. But I thought it might be fun, Dave, if we went back through their albums and we tried to figure out maybe the one song that stood out to us in terms of memory. Yeah, because 1984 was just the introduction to us, and then that just made your curiosity go, oh, you mean they have other albums? And the one thing that I have learned in, in doing this exercise with you, Dave, is my Van Halen songs are always a little bit more about the meaning of the lyrics and the feeling that as my six-year-old, eight-year-old, or 12-year-old self was listening to something, that they were up to naughtiness that I wanted to be up to. And my songs are what you would hear the person that goes into Guitar Center every Saturday and tries to play with the amps as loud as they can get it to go. So a good juxtaposition that we're talking about (laughs) example would be my favorite song from Van Halen 1 after they have come up with Eruption and... and, um, Oh, what is the devil song? Uh, Running with the devil. The song that I latched on to was this. Dedicate one to the ladies. Sometimes they're bad. Need something to keep you cool. Also greatness. I knew this woman needed something to keep her cool, Dave. Need something to keep you cool. Better look out now, though. Dave's got something to I didn't know what Dave had, but I was excited about it. <laughs> I mean, the Ice Cream Man song is just awesome. Yeah. It's just cool. I, I'm still a thousand percent sure what he meant, and I love the fact that he went with the Ice Cream Man as the way to get his point across. And as soon as you hit play, both of our heads just bobbed up and down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, we're only to a couple of hundred listeners, but if we get to a thousand, we'll do the video, and you can watch us go through this. It'll be so exciting <laughs> the listener for sure but that's a little teaser on what's coming up next because dave this is the song that got you going van halen one we were six years old and seven years old i think yeah but i discovered it in 1984 went to hastings bought the album and the keychain oh ho, ho. The you VH. know i had so many keys i had a <laughs> key so I needed a keychain. Oh, you didn't have a sweet key on your lock for your bike? No, had a combo. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, ain't talking about love. Good rock and roll. Now, the one thing that's interesting about Van Halen is as great as they were, they did not survive. Well, they survived, but they yeah. were they were not immune to the sophomore well, slump. And they didn't explode with the with that album. It was good. Which, when you go back and listen, it's every, amazing. Every song yeah. is great. Agreed. But to your point, they they had a bad album, the second one, Van Halen Two, in our opinion. Then they had a little bit of a resurrection with Diver Down, and again, what happens here is a young Blair Lewis. If I'm looking at Diver Down, it came out in '82. I'm ten, and a ten-year-old Blair Lewis is obsessed with this song. What rock and roll band puts out a song like this? So most people, when they're doing a tribute to 
Edward Van Halen. They're talking about eruption. Yeah. They're talking about his guitar playing. No, not me. <laughs> I'm talking Big, ba- Big Bad Bill and, and Eddie playing the clarinet. Right. He was, he was multifaceted, Dave. <laughs> multifaceted. No, that is a great song. Now, you, when you talk about Diver Down, again, going to how we look at things a little differently, you you kind of hang out on the fringes here as well. Right. Because your favorite song is a cover, and it's a cover by someone that your parents were probably into. I don't know if Mitch and Ruth were, were into Roy yeah, Orbison or for not. For sure I was before. But listen to that guitar. They don't make them like that anymore, Dave. I mean, come on. Even Roy was proud of that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Roy was still very much alive at that point. He had not even done the traveling Wilburys at that point. But that song, I, Diver Down to me, is still one of my absolute favorite Van Halen albums. But they did not fully blow up until the year of our Lord, 1984. Right. And you've already mentioned it with Jump, but what were you listening to prior to 1984? You know, it was a lot more of the, my parents' music slash Billy Squire. It was softer music, oh, let's I, say. I could do a, an episode on Billy Squire. <laughs> I know. He's I, awesome. I, I worship that guy. A couple of years ago, I saw that you could have him play a party for like six grand. I was like, <laughs> well, that might be worth it. The When we get into the 1984 album, your favorite song really begins in the 18th second. And that's when this thing comes alive. So let's get right there and let's rock and roll. A little heavy on the thumb there, Dave. There's no way you can listen to this song. Not be in a good mood. Almost every workout playlist I have includes this. Had no idea what I was singing in the seventh grade. <laughs> Just yeah, rocking. Yeah, we were probably not leg men in seventh and sixth grade, respectively, but. Makes much more sense now. I've often heard that Van Halen with David Lee Roth is like dating, whereas Van Halen with Van Hagar or Sammy Hagar is more like getting into a serious relationship and falling in love. Drop Dead Legs followed the next song with Hot for Teacher, which the video set everyone afire in 1984. <laughs> Just couldn't handle the pressure coming out. Absolute commercial success with all junior high boys. And then David Lee Roth rides off and does a solo EP, covers a bunch of, uh, I don't know, he does a Sinatra song, the Beach Boys, like he's he all over the California place. California Girls. And then what happens, Dave? It's something about a sports car. There was two gentlemen that took their Ferraris to the repair shop, one Eddie Van Halen and one Sammy Hagar. And uh, Van Halen had just broken up. I was mad. The whole world was mad. 
you know, we didn't read about it for probably six months. They probably had already re- started recording before we actually found out about it as the pace of news was back then. <laughs> right. But Sammy Hagar joined the band Van Halen and David Lee was out. And the last thing that we had to remember him by was the great album, 1984. Now, my song from there is Panama. And the reason is, at the 2 minute and 22 second mark, he goes into something that, well, quite frankly, drove my 12-year-old pants crazy. Dave, he was running a little hot that night. Yeah, we're running a little bit hot tonight. I can barely see the road from the heat coming up. This is the video where Michael Anthony has the Jack Daniels-shaped bass guitar. (laughs) And everybody just both hands in the air. Yes! That guy, I don't know if he was chugging iced tea or what, but if you saw him in concert, he would take down a bottle of that. Yeah, I loved Panama from this. And then, unfortunately, as we just said, that was the end of it. Yeah, there was a trip that we took up to go hiking up in Colorado. And everybody always jokes that the last song that you hear before you get out of the truck when you're about to go hiking, that's the one that gets stuck in your head, right? (laughs) Right. Well, Top Jimmy happened to be that song. Top Jimmy from Diver Down, right? Yeah. And uh, we jumped out of the truck. And Matt and I just started doing singing that song over and over. I could not get it out of my head for three days hiking in Colorado. Yeah. Were you all the way through, like with 1984, you said you went back to discover their earlier right, songs? Right. See, I had an older brother. I was hearing them a lot going into it. How did you handle the transition to Sammy Hagar? Assumed it was going to be a train wreck because the guy that drink that plays, I can't drive fifty five, mm-hmm. which and, is an awful song. And three lock box and three. Lock, I don't <laughs> mind three lock box, but I just I was like, okay, I can't take this guy seriously. This is going to be awful. But the first album was not terrible. No, in fact, they had some good album names. So the first one is fifty one fifty, and the song that you chose. From 5150. It's best of both worlds. Now, we were still young. You're 15 at this point. Yep. I was working and we had a little jam box. We were working out of my grandfather's store, moving all the furniture from one end to the other. And we had our jam box strapped to our trailer. And just flip this tape back and forth. And I remember listening to the absolute hell out of this album. Uh, or, like you said, a, um, a cassette tape. But when we went back, I could not come up with a song that I just loved. No, it, w- it was a summer album. It was one of those that you listen to it all summer. And then as soon as football season came around, it was put that thing away because it didn't it didn't hold up well no a lot of the songs don't but continuing their move towards really solid album names they moved on to OU812 and I think I'm most attracted to the song Cabo Wabo just for this opening line 
Because I knew one day, Dave, I would live in Dallas, Fort Worth. I wanted to hit the wall. I didn't know what the wall was at this time in my life, but but I sure knew I wanted to hit it. Well, that song makes me want to go back to 1984. All right, Dave, let's go back. We can't go back to 1984 because there ain't a good guitarist who's been born since. No, you have to go back late 50s, early 60s, Chuck Berry. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix. Jimmy Page, for sure, Led Zeppelin. Oh, God, yeah. Now, you've got the one-name master, Clapton. you got our favorite one-name master, Slash. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> now, But now, what about modern? Yeah, now you get into Pearl Jam, Mike McCready, which people don't even know his name. So Pearl Jam is modern. That's, that's the most modern guitar player we can come up with. You're right. The other one I thought of was Pat <laughs> Smear from Jane's Addiction. Not exactly <laughs> modern. Yeah. And then, well, there is the, the guy that likes to pee on girls, John Mayer. Yeah, and he's a douchebag. Yeah. So is the guitar dead? It sounds like it. it <laughs> if it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we need someone to bring back the guitar. Maybe email us at Dave or Blair at whatsnext.com to let us know who are the modern guitarists that we should be looking at. Or maybe we should go to Guitar Center and all the people that are there playing Eruption over the weekend in <laughs> tribute. Maybe one of those guys will start a band. You know who can play Eruption? Ryan Stroop could play that, Eruption. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Have a great week, everybody. All right, my friend. We'll see you later.